0: Oh, man. Chris screwed up again. He's showing me all this stuff on the screen, and then I've, I've got another window open here of <laughs> Chris is just <laughs> leaving me in here. <laughs> and, and I have my other screen open so I can actually see what is being broadcast and is like, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> I couldn't help it. People have had to
1: spend this that. time just, just staring at my that. ugly mug for the last few times I've done live streams. So I figured, oh, you know what, I'm going to give them a break and I'm going <laughs> to let them really, really look at Carrie. Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and that'll I, make you feel been,
0: better. i, I got to be doing the t-shirt, the Alberta shirt.
1: That is a great shirt.
0: I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep in it now. <laughs> we have to get a bunch of these at the whistle stop. I'm going to work on a giant order of them.
1: That's a really, really good idea. And I would wear that shirt. Also, can we get some underwear like that?
0: Uh, you know what? Um, yes, I'm going to do The answer it is first. yes. Yes. Turn off the camera, and I'll be back in about 30 seconds. Are you going to? Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta. And uh, we are hosting a Chris and Kerry show tonight. So I'm here by myself because apparently Kerry is stripping and changing his underwear for you. So I'm not sure if the rating of this show is going to change from PG to like a PG-13 or maybe an NC-17. I guess it all depends on what kind of underwear Kerry wears. However, nowadays, I guess it's fine. I mean, if Kerry wants to wear dental floss panties and dance around in front of all y'all then you just have to accept it and if you don't accept it you're a bunch of bigots right so yeah let's you know what we're maybe carrie will read us a story that would be wonderful he can read us a story in his alberta thong no you don't like that idea no me neither i saw carrie in his underwear once and it wasn't pretty If anyone has ever seen uh, the movie with Adam, I believe it's Adam Adam Sandler, "Don't Mess with the Zohan." Yeah, that's Carrie. So uh, you definitely don't want to see him in his underwear. And he's back, but it looks like he's still wearing his Alberta shirt. So I, I have high hopes for the rating of the show to remain PG-13. Wait, wait. Uh oh. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's family friendly. Yeah,
0: the shorts. That's
1: awesome. I know that's really Alberta, like so Alberta. I'm gonna stand up.
0: No, that doesn't work.
1: Anyways, it's gonna be. Oh, I was really expecting a fail there.
0: Alberta, Alberta shorts. Sorry, it took so long. I had to run up to the sixth floor. Also, Amy asks,
1: Carrie, is it really cold in your basement?
0: Uh, cold? Yes. Why? No, no, it's strike edge. (laughs) <laughs> uh, don't they know about shrinkage isn't is it cold or is that water i don't know what that means <laughs> i
1: think it's cold just, water maybe cold it's water. all the time i don't know
0: oh don't man. know
2: so so while
1: you're gone i just mentioned that you might be going to put on a uh pair of dental floss uh alberta <laughs> thong panties and i said uh you know what that's okay now because you could just literally get up on your desk and dance around in those in that thong In front of all of us, and if anyone had a problem with it, they would just be called bigots.
0: You're right. Maybe that's exactly what I'll do. I was just thinking uh, the whole Borat thing. I could probably do that. Oh, look what Robert Sparkle Mm -hmm. says.
1: Look at this little bitch. I mean, this uh, viewer.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh my god, that is the Uh, that's the best profile picture I've ever seen. I know it's awesome. I'm gonna check
1: out that profile later. I'm sure it's a uh, cowardly fake profile, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, Robert, thank you for your comment. I'm sorry for calling you a little bitch. I, I, sometimes I just have to call reality as I see it. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry that you're used to shit sandwiches. I'm sure when you're an insignificant uh, person that nobody cares to pay attention to, you eat shan- shit sandwiches a lot. So uh, if you ever want to change that, please stop by the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta, and I'll make you. most delicious sandwich you've ever had in your life anyway on with the show so carrie back to your panties
0: yeah what about them
1: well uh we were we were talking about the possibility of you showing up in uh thong panties that are alberta print that you can't see it anyway because all you'd see is your butt and i actually let it would just be
0: the colors it would just be like blue red white yeah yeah yes i think Uh, we could do that
1: I, i let the cat out of the bag too just so you know what what cat was that is the cat well I, I told people that I, I did see you in the underwear once and it, it wasn't pretty. It reminded me of that movie. Don't mess with the Zohan.
0: <laughs> uh, the hair? Is that, is that what you're out? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. We're quickly, uh, just so you know, we're now sponsors of uh, River City uh, Raspberry Ale from Brewster's. What? We are? Not at all. I just happened to be drinking it. So.
1: Oh, okay. Because I've got a Coors Banquet, or no, a Coors original here. Yes, it's like Banquet. I think they just changed the name. Yeah. I've had to adjust my beer drinking a little bit, uh, my brands. If you come to the Whistle Stop, you'll notice that there is a gaping hole where the Bud Light beer used to be. (laughs) I didn't take it out back and shoot it or anything because, I. well, I mean, I can't afford bullets.
0: You know, you could have sold the existing stock.
1: Yeah. Just get rid of it.
0: I and and, and you world actually world.
1: alluded to this a while ago. You asked me what kind of beer I was drinking if the can was blue, didn't you? And I <laughs> hadn't seen the the stuff with Bud Light with their uh, their woke bullshit that they're buying into and trying to uh, pass, pass on to their customers who just seriously want to enjoy a cold beer and not be bombarded with this woke crap. I agree. And yet they decided they're going to dip their toes into this, the woke idiocy pool and uh, I think they've had some piranhas nibbling on their toes. I don't think it's gone well for them.
0: No. But. Well, I've never been a big fan of Bud Light. I, I've got a buddy that uh, that does. Hi, Marvin. He'll be so impressed that uh, I actually acknowledge him. <laughs> he's in Lake Havasu, um, Arizona right now, bastard. But uh, he drinks Bud Light all the time. So uh, he's the most manly man I've ever met. Who's this? <laughs> My buddy Marvin. But he drinks Bud Light all the time. So I was teasing him all through this thing and I would send him all the memes that I could possibly find and uh he hates me. So job well done.
1: He loves you. <laughs> and you know what? I uh I I will admit that I don't mind Bud Light beer. Yeah. But I'm just not interested in, in supporting companies that want to go down that path. You know, I have no problem with people being different and diverse and accepting yeah. people for who they are. Yeah. But when you start using other people and their differences to try and elevate yourself to some sort of a virtuous um, pseudo God, because you're so, you know, you're going to put their face on your beer can and you're going to promote all this stuff. And uh. Uh,
0: yeah, it's the it's the same thing as with all the sports teams, too. Uh, you know, coming out with all the jerseys and stuff. I mean, there's a time and a place, but honestly, like in front of family, I'm just kind of tired of it getting jammed down my throat. Yep, figuratively speaking. Because <laughs> figuratively uh, speaking, like,
1: because hey, Francisco, it's... <laughs> uh, our our buddy Francisco, also likes butt lights. <laughs> well, like, here comes more gay bashing for <laughs> Chris and Carrie, who aren't actually gay. But I I, do, I will say this, you know, if I was gay, Carrie. You would, be in, you would be in the top uh, top 80 or so.
0: <laughs> top 100. <laughs> Thousand. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. That will never happen. <laughs> no. Oh, man. So, what did you do today, Chris?
1: Uh, I hung out with Ezra Levant at the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta.
0: What? Ezra? Yeah, that was pretty cool. What was, what was he doing? In t- he lives in Toronto, doesn't
1: he? Well, why else would somebody fly all the way across the country? And come to the Whistle Stop Cafe to have one of your amazing burgers. Bingo. That's exactly why why he flew to Alberta. Just to have a Whistle Stop burger because they're that good. Mm. Yep. Same with the fries. Our fries that are fried in real lard from an animal, not a plant. They're
0: so good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, um, Ezra came and had a burger at the Whistle Stop because he happened to be in the area because he was attending a uh, court hearing in Red Deer Provincial Court, which is now. Is it called the Alberta
0: Court of Justice now, I believe? Uh, I just call it the Red Deer Courthouse. But I know they did call it initially Queen's Bench. And now it's King's Bench. But I don't this know. Is, if that's... that's
1: different, though. This uh, that's... They, they changed it from Alberta Provincial Court or something like that to the Alberta Court of Justice or something. I don't know. Anyway, the name changed, but still the same inner workings of the machine hmm. that takes years and years or possibly decades to um, to get through. get through and (laughs) stop the government from harming you or trying to destroy you or invade your infringe on your rights yeah it's the same same machine but anyway we're uh it it was it was pretty neat do you want to comment on on a little bit carrie i think zach just showed up here and he was saying hey dad so i'm just going to go and say hello to him sure you want to go for a moment
0: yes absolutely if you can remember back
1: just just so you guys know it's uh, my son uh, he goes to school up north and his spring break is right now so he's hanging out with me so that's I'll be awesome. right back
0: be a yeah. dad yeah my daughters are in university and they don't get breaks so there you go they're uh, they're busy uh no, next week is my younger daughter's exam week and uh, the following week i believe is my older daughter's and then they are done technically the first week of may so they still have a little bit of ways to go Getting back to the court case, if you remember, back back a long time ago. So actually, what I was going to start off with is, so Chris, why did you go? Why why were you even in uh, in court? Well, I guess I will answer that question. Basically, he was in court for uh, for denying the AHS orders and serving um, coffee and burgers illegally, illegally. So fast forward to. August of 2022 uh I think that was the first uh official case or court date with these charges and in which he could have actually just said yep sweep them under the rug I'll pay $2,300 or whatever for a fine and life will go on as as it should and uh, that wouldn't have made sense to Chris. And I think he's talked at length about that. So he basically said, no, we're going to go to court. So we went in August and then it was delayed into November. And then in November, there were a couple of the, the witnesses were called up and we found out that there was, should have been some more disclosure. Disclosure is basically anything, any material related to a court case whether it would be, you know, paper uh, or like anything, anything, I guess, tangible, if you want to call it that. And in this case, it just happens to be um, uh, emails, texts. <laughs> Thanks, Barbara. Uh, Barbara Lynn. Um, no, I can't think of, I was going to say, isn't, isn't that something from like uh uh, Gone with the Wind or, or some old show like that, that would just show how old I actually am because I watched Gone with the Wind. We won't go there. My fair lady. Ha. Um, anyway, so uh, November comes around and uh, court happens and there's some uh, disclosure that's not given, no e- emails and all that. And that's shown up on the the witness stand. So they say, you know what? Let's let's give us time, and we'll go back and we'll take a look at uh, all this extra stuff that we should be getting as disclosure. January comes around. Guess what? Now it's a matter of uh, is is it a matter of uh, first party or third party disclosure? And. My understanding is first party is really meaning that you are on the front line, you are the the, the messaged uh, uh, person on on the correspondence. Uh, you know, you're actually talking to that person. Third party would be maybe you're you're a CC on it, or maybe you've got some sort of interest in it, but you're not actually doing a lot with it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So now, now that was in January we thought we were going to come in and basically that would have all been taken care of. No, they're still arguing whether or not something is first party and third party. And first party is a chess or pardon me. We don't know what they are, but it's, um, yeah, I am the, I, Hey, Tommy, how are you doing? I, I got a couch that you should be, uh, fixing up for me. <laughs> Tommy actually has Tom, Tommy, do you still have your pigs or your, your giant hog? I, I don't know if you if you say a hog or a pig or whatever like that. Put, put it in the comments and, and we'll figure that out. Um, so come come May, we thought we would be basically going in and and having all this disclosure done. Uh, first party, third party doesn't matter. We've got all the paperwork. They did show up with a stack of papers. But again, the question is, is it first party, third party? So they had five different lawyers in one from AHS, one from RCMP um I forget where else they were anyways there was there was this ridiculous amount of bureaucracy and statements that were up there our uh you know Chad and uh uh niv did an absolute amazing job representing Chris so kudos it was to like them. watching TV it was like watching it suits was, it was like watching suits it was like watching uh Perry Mason there's there's an old reference Perry Mason mm-hmm. you are old <laughs> I think,
1: now I think people Perry. are going to come up to you in the store and they're going to say,
0: are you Perry from the Chris and Perry show? Oh, I get that. I get that totally confused all the time.
1: Here, <clears> Perry, <throat> can you, uh, do you want to quickly comment on this question? that anyone's telling about jackets
0: that you were wearing, would jacket, oh, yes, you're right. Uh, I'm going to run upstairs and get my jacket too. I'm going to go and do that. You can continue on from the story here, Chris. Uh where are we at? Which part? We're we're with uh we had the we were in court, we had the five lawyers. Um Chad and Ev uh did an absolute amazing job and then you can tell them what they didn't say because we can't disclose all <laughs> I don't know. Yeah you that can, can figure it, it out. That. I'll go get okay. my shirt my jacket and you can okay. and you can see my shorts. You see my shorts? See my shirt?
1: <laughs> You're such a nerd. <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, today's uh, court hearing was basically for both sides, my lawyers and the Crown Prosecutor and AHS and the RCMP lawyer and the Attorney General of Canada to um, make submissions as to what evidence would or what disclosure would be considered first party and what would be considered third party. Pardon me. Because there's different rules for both, and it allows... Uh, my lawyers to bring more evidence in and ask for more things. So the the short version is that my defense is trying to gather as much information as possible so that I can effectively uh, advocate for myself in the court of law, which is my constitutional right. I have the right to face my accusers in court and I have the right to see all of the evidence that pertains to any investigation or any legal matter regarding me. And that's what we want. That's all we want. We want, well, that's all we want. We want everything. We want it all. We want it all. We want it all. And we want it now. But unfortunately, we don't get those things unless we can convince a judge that that information is pertinent and relevant to the case. So that's what today was all about. And it was interesting that on the Crown Prosecutor side, there was, you know, the Crown Prosecutor, AHS had two lawyers there. There was a uh, representative from the Attorney General's Office. There was a representative from the RCMP. Um, there was one more. I can't remember who he was. But there's all these lawyers being paid for taxpayer dollars, by the way. Yeah, you and me folks are paying for those lawyers um, doing their best to not. No, I shouldn't say that. Doing their best to protect the government. And then there's me with my two lawyers who are amazing, Chad Williamson and Yoab Niv, um, who are paid for by you, you folks. You folks actually paid for my lawyers by supporting the Democracy Fund uh, at, through Rebel Media, through Rebel News. Um, so that's what that really struck me today. And it really drove home the fact that in order for somebody like me to be represented in the court that's supposed to protect me, That's supposed to be our avenue for for remedy or compensation when the government infringes on our rights. I would have to literally spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think now we're probably over 250,000 bucks, a quarter of a million dollars fighting tickets because the government infringed on my rights. And nobody could do that. But the government, they have all the resources in the world because they take them from you and they use them to fight you. And I don't think that's fair. And I'm thinking more seriously about getting more involved in something somehow so that we can advocate to fix this because it needs to be fixed. I'm not the only one and I certainly will not be the last.
0: You're back. Yes. I'm just typing in the name truthinthreads.ca. So they did... They did this jacket. I gotta figure this out here. Can you see? It? Stand with our Alberta political prisoners. There you go. But they do. They do embroidery. They do. Uh, they do some patches. I think I ended up buying a couple of patches. Uh, we are. Why can't they do this? We are the key of freedom in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was in there by accident, but it just kind of shows their quality. It says uh, we move as one, we stand as one. So they can pretty much do any embroidery that you want. So check them out. That is uh, Wendy and Jay. So <clears throat> thank you so much. We ended up uh, bidding on a bunch of items at the Coutts fundraiser. Uh, well, for the, the Coots prisoners on uh Saturday at the Willow Lane barn in Olds, and I happened to bid on this jacket, so I'm wearing it proudly along with my Alberta shirt and shorts, which
1: awesome, you've seen, which you've seen, <laughs> and your Alberta panties that nobody can see. <laughs> uh, they're supposed to be so I, they, oh, that'd be cool, yeah, yeah in cold water, be. yeah, so. I want to point something out here. Uh, there might be some people who are saying, oh, you know what? These guys, they did the crime. They do the time, blah, blah, blah. It's up to the courts to decide. And I partially agree with those things, except for um, they're innocent until proven guilty. So as of right now, they have not committed any crimes. So let's start right. with that. Yeah. But the more important, as my lawyers would say, overarching issue here is the fact that these men... Have been accused of doing something by the RCMP, by the by the government, a quasi government agency, by the Crown, and they they have to defend themselves. I talked to Tony over the weekend, and do you know how much his lawyer asked him for, or said that he had to pay to be represented? One hundred ninety five thousand dollars. You know what? When you fight the government, when you defend yourself against the government, you better have some deep pockets. Yeah, because they have deep pockets. And if and generally in a situation like this, unless there's a, you know, a very clear legal argument, whoever has the most money wins. How many people do you know of that were fighting a good fight in court but ran out of money
0: before they could win? Well, I think all the time. I think you alluded to that. There's no way you would have you would have taken that twenty three hundred dollar bribe in order to uh to get rid of your your charges because you would have said well there's no way I can do 100 grand or 200 grand in order to get this thing through and likewise that was in august you thought this case would be done in november and sure I enough, I thought there, this case would...
1: would be done 6 months after it yeah. started like yeah. I got charged that is true my first court date was april yeah 2021 yeah that was my first court date and here we are april 2023 <clears throat> And we're not even really... Well, I mean, we started my trial, but we're not anywhere close to finishing it.
0: They're still meanwhile, looking at the paperwork,
1: right? Like yes, meanwhile, they, there's idiots like that, whatever his sandwich crumb name is, saying things like, uh, go back to being what you're good at, a criminal. <laughs> you dipshit. I'm not See, a criminal. I've his, never we, been convicted of a crime.
0: We forgot his name because like, he's so insignificant. <laughs>
1: it, yeah, he's completely irrelevant. But what is relevant is that there are some asinine people out there that actually think that I'm a criminal because I stood up for myself. One of them was in court today. He was there because he wants to see me fry in a court. He That's thinks true. I'm a criminal because I stood up for myself against a government that was infringing on everybody's rights. And, and let's, be, like, let's be real about this. I could have stopped doing this at any time. I could have gone for the four months or whatever, gone to jail, rah, 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 Chris, you tried and then backed off and lived my life. And I chose not to. I chose to put my business on the line again, continually. And if you don't believe me, it is on the line. That whole um, raising cash to to get the landlord out of the deal, which they actually talked about in court today. They did. That didn't make me a rich man. That didn't make me a wealthy man. Actually, it did make me a rich man, but rich in friendship and fellowship, not rich in money. So it didn't make me wealthy. This has put me in a position where, Every day I'm wondering what miracle is going to happen that's going to allow me to continue to do business because it's drained me. Yeah. And it's drained those around me. It's drained even the people who support me because they don't have infinite money either. Yeah. Right? So at any time I could have stopped doing all this and gone back to my life and you know been celebrated as the guy who stood up. But that's not good enough. I could have stopped like you like you talked about and taken that plea deal, paid the 2300 bucks and gotten on with my life. Yeah. My lawyers told me I was crazy for not taking it because after all of this to get a $2,300, uh, fine and, and one guilty charge, who cares? I spent $2,500 on fuel driving back to forth the frigging court. Yeah, that's true too. But I didn't take it because people have stood right there with me and actually held me up through this entire process. Yeah. They came to the restaurant they supported me when we were open in protest. They came to our protests. They came. They they joined uh, WS Full Steam Ahead to try and help people that were affected by the mandates. They've uh, opened up their pocketbooks and supported the Democracy Fund so that my legal fees could be paid for. Um, Somebody actually helped me remortgage the Whistle Stop so that I could keep going. And like people have really put it on the line for me. And so my responsibility to those people that are supportive and want to see change is to take this through to the very end because nobody else can do it. Nobody else has $300,000 sitting around for legal fees and they can fight the government. Yeah. You know, so if I don't do it, who's going to do it? And if I don't do it and nobody does it, we're going to be right back in the same situation the next time this happens. Yeah. So I feel like I have a responsibility to see this thing through right to the end, regardless of what it costs me. Yeah. And these idiots that say that I'm a criminal for doing this, I seriously hope that them or their families don't ever end up in this situation. Because it's those four guys um, in, in jail 440-some-odd days now with no trial, yeah. not convicted of any crime, and it could be the haters and the trolls tomorrow yeah. for something else. Yeah, Those Although, guys had no idea this was going to happen to them. I had no idea this was going to happen to me, and it just...
0: Yeah, you say next time, and it better not happen next time. But I did want to at least acknowledge what has happened, even in terms of our case. So we were looking at um, uh, basically, you know, kind of kind of waiting on what Chris's court case was going to be, and there was going to be a group of us. So there was uh, Carlos from Noble Fox, uh, and um, um, well, definitely Deb from. Tipsy cow. I was gonna end with it, end with her because uh, she was there today. I see she's online. Hi Deb, love you. Hi, Deb. Um, and 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 ours, of course, Marlon. My with uh, with Outlaws. Um, Christy Lynn with um, uh, Hawk Central. I mean, there's lots of bars that ended up basically closing. Wesley,
1: who was in court today. Les- Wesley, yeah, that's right. Wesley and Leslie like, from Mom's fold- Diner.
0: Yep, like folding and losing everything and um standing up and i don't know maybe there just wasn't enough money in the kitty maybe you know there's lots of reasons uh that people had to uh to abandon their their uh their ambitions their their, their restaurant goals if that's what you want to call it because i i get that question quite often oh carrie where's your bar it's like no i don't have a bar oh, what happened? And then I get into the whole story and they say, oh, I thought you opened something after. You know what? This would be the worst time, first time ever to open a bar. Uh, food costs- I know I hear
1: about people opening bars and restaurants and I just-
0: Food costs are a, 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 a exponentially higher than they were. Um, uh, labor is higher and um, what's a good good word? Uh, non-responsive, non, uh, non-committal, um, they just don't show up, right? And so, having that loyalty that you can have clients or uh, employees show up for their shift, and you're entrusting them with your business, um, that doesn't seem to be happening anymore. So and you um,
1: can't, and and you also can't hold them accountable. No, you're, you're right. If you have an employee that steals your cash, yeah, you can't charge them. That's a cost of doing business. Yeah. They say, "Well, you shouldn't have hired them. You shouldn't have put them in that trust position." Like mm-hmm. running running a business is tough at the at the at the best of times. Mm-hmm. And like through all this, how many thousands of businesses were, businesses were lost? Uh, it's it's I, I I don't even have any idea. But I got to ask you, Carrie, do you know any other restaurant or business for that matter that stood up against the restrictions, was charged, and is still in business?
0: No, none. Can't I don't even, either, and it scares
1: the living, yeah. but Jesus out of me. Yeah. Well, no, nothing's ever going to scare Jesus out of me. Just, sorry, <laughs> Jesus. But it's it's it, it's kind of a little bit. It causes some anxiety. Yeah. Because I know that the only reason, l- let's put this out there. The only reason I'm still in business right now, is because I have put the business sense that I have in my head on the back burner. Yeah. And I'm doing this on principle. There will come a day when the Piper will come a calling yeah. and unless there's some miraculous intervention, I'm going to lose everything. That's the reality of the situation. If, if this was just about business and dollars and cents and profit and loss, I would have shut the doors a year and a half ago Yeah, because we were almost decimated by this. Now value of the property aside, I mean, I might be able to sell the property and, and stay out of debtor's prison. I don't know but that's i mean that kind of sucks i've wrapped up all the equity in my house and that i've i've been selling all of my well not all of my things but i've been slowly selling things to keep this going
2: yeah
1: and so when i hear about another business shutting down and people say oh you know they just folded that's not it they're not folding they're doing that because they've reached the end of their line yeah i reached the end of my line a long time ago and i just kept going without any way to get back yeah. That's the only reason why I've been able to been able to keep going. Yeah.
0: Your, so, your, your location in, in Mir has been a blessing and a curse. and And you probably know where I'm going with this. It's been a blessing because yes. you were able to stand up and do exactly what you did because you're so remote versus a lot of the other restaurants that have folded were in cities or towns like that had uh, maybe an RCMP detachment or in in our case Calgary Police Service so it was easy for AHS to call call the cops on us and to direct uh, the police to yes. enforce on you and that's that's basically what we were talking about in the court today too is that you know AHS had no teeth They really they really didn't. So they would write you like an old chihuahua because their
1: teeth fall out. Yeah,
0: I was going to say write you up a ticket. No, that's not true. They would write you up like a warning. Don't do this again. Don't do it. And so the only teeth that they had would be to phone the police and say, you know what? We've had lots of complaints about these guys. You better go and shut them down. That is the teeth. That is the only way that this worked. Had we stood up? And again, none of this was uh, was known right at the beginning. But there was only thirty AHS inspectors inspectors in all of Alberta, right? Wow. We had we had probably two in Calgary. So just imagine if there was like ten restaurants all within you know a uh, stone's throw of each other, and they said no, we're not going to do this. This would have been over really, really quickly. But it was the fact that the government had such an unlimited uh, budget for advertising and uh, push pushing social media, pushing mainstream media. That's a whole other conversation all to itself. But basically to say that, you know what, this is, we need to shut this stuff down. And that's basically, they put the fear in, in everybody.
1: And that they did. And not- they, they lied. They yes. lied Outright to you. Lied. Yeah. They lied to you and they told you. These businesses have to shut down, and they got to follow the rules because of health. This yep. is about your health. This is about your health. They put ads on the radio. They put billboards. They spent your money advertising and and putting propaganda to you. The federal government has an entire uh, portfolio, the Ministry of Truth, I call it, the Canadian Behavioral, Soci- uh, Behavioral Sciences Department. Yep. That's a propaganda arm of the government using your money to nudge you to do what they want to do. They lied to you and said, this is about your health and we had to shut down. They called me a rebel. They called me a scofflaw. They said the same thing to you, Kerry. They turned the people of Alberta against us because in their ignorance, they blindly believed what the government was telling them. And, And you can't blame people for that because we should be able to trust the government. But then we find out that the things you and I were saying were in fact true, which was, this is not about health. These are political decisions. Yeah. And there's politicians taking way too much power and and influencing and making law that they're not allowed to make without proper channels. Yeah. And we're not going to put up with it. The Minister of Justice, Casey Madu, finally, just... after yeah, things yeah. Had, had gone, uh, Jason Kenney was gone, he said in a tweet and live, he said that these restrictions and mandates were never about health. They were always about government control. And thank you to the truckers and those who protested for standing up against this tyranny because it had to end. And a lot of people roasted him and they bash him. Well, why don't you stand up then? Why don't you stand up then? And I have the same questions for him. I'd like to ask him to his face. Mm-hmm. But the more important thing is that now he's saying those things and he's justifying, as are other MLAs, by the way, and I've talked to, talked to a lot of them, they're justifying our actions and saying like things like, you know, we were really supporting you and we were hoping you would win, but we couldn't say anything. You and I, Carrie, and all of the other people that stood up for ourselves were justified in our actions. We've been told that by thousands of people by now, including members of the government.
0: And you know, the other people still say we're criminals. Yeah. The the other thing that's interesting is um, when you're going through the court process, they only look at the information that was relevant at the time you got your tickets or whatever. Right, So if the knowledge wasn't out there that masks have, what's it called, graphene uh, in them, uh, and that was kind of well known back in, uh, when would that have been, let's say May of 2021, that's irrelevant. But I question, but how, how, is, how is that they irrelevant? Did, that. Yeah, did they know that? Yeah. They did know that. And you know
1: how I know? Because people like you and me and thousands, millions of other people across this country, we looked into this stuff ourselves and we posted this stuff. And I know the government was watching my stuff because they said they were. They actually provided me with stuff off my social media. So I know they were watching. We provided the links, the citations, everything to to all of this information. So they did know this thing. And the MLAs knew it as well. Because as I spoke to them from time to time throughout this whole ordeal, During the restrictions as well, they said, we know what you're saying is right, but we can't say anything. They knew. Yeah. I knew, and I'm just a dumb roughneck. If a dumb roughneck from, from, well, from BC and then Alberta (laughs) could figure these things out, yeah, why couldn't these uber educated legislators responsible for the our futures know it doesn't make any sense
0: again i think they were they they had their group of uh, advisors and the advisors would just toe the line and say this is what's going on and don't question it otherwise you won't get uh, elected you won't have a job etc etc and i i really think that that's that's where the whole system fell apart right they should have had MLAs form a coalition and say, you know what, we're going to look into this. Even as it is, the only reason... They did, why- they did that, oh. Carrie. remember?
1: When? Remember the, the end the lockdowns caucus? I don't remember that. You don't remember that? There was, yeah, was a it? bunch of MLAs literally signed on to okay. a caucus that was called... Well, they like, obviously, they yeah, obviously
0: made a hell of a lockdowns or something. Means- they
1: knew these things, and they were trying to Get stronger together to stop
0: it. And how many were in there?
1: Uh, there was nineteen or seventeen at one time. Okay. I can't remember exactly. It's a bit of a blur. Okay. But that ended after our friend, Mister Jason Nixon, yeah. had private discussions with them. All of a sudden, the tune changed. Ah. And some of the people that were very vocal against the government and the premier and what they were doing, interfering yeah. in health decisions and making them political. Yeah. Which is illegal. Uh, the CM case actually highlights that. Yeah. Some of them are now cabinet ministers. Some of them, you know, were elevated to different positions or shuffled around. And all of a sudden, there's no more in the lockdowns caucus. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Grease grease the the hand. Uh, I don't know. That's. I don't even know what to say. I don't know whether to be politically correct or just say, fuck them all. Because <laughs> you know what? We are, we are slated within within 60 days to basically forgive and forget. I'm not even reading that. Forgive and forget all our MLAs and say, you know what? It's okay. You guys did what you did and it's fine. We'll elect you again. I'm ready to just say fuck you, start, start scratch. start with a brand new you know what you pissed us off once you don't get the second chance again. There you go. I agree to a point. Um,
1: a lot of the MLAs now are they're coming clean and saying, hey, you know like that was ridiculous. it should never have happened. Yeah. We shouldn't have done those things. we were whatever. And there has to be some measure of forgiveness and compassion somewhere. There has to be. I'm not saying people shouldn't be held accountable for making decisions that had terrible impacts. For instance, Dina Hinshaw and the Premier, for sure. Tyler yeah. Shandro, for sure. They should. There should be some sort of an investigation into what they did and how they misused the powers afforded to them by us. However... Nobody's perfect and everybody is subject to the human condition. One of those things is fear. Yeah. I was fearful of standing up for myself in the beginning when the government told me that I had to shut my business down. I was scared because when you stand up against the government, as Sergeant Bruce Holiday, may he rest in peace, mm-hmm. said to me uh, in, in private, he said, Chris, please don't do this. Don't take on this fight Because you cannot win against these guys. Word for word, that's what he said. He said, you cannot win against the government. This will only end one way for you. They're going to destroy you. That's the words he said to me. And you know what? He was right. If it hadn't been for hundreds of thousands or millions of people that stood up and helped me through this. So we can win it. And a lot of these people who are too cowardly to stand up and say something in the past, maybe some of them have learned their lessons. There are some. Like, I hope there's good candidates that run against them because they should be replaced. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, we should not be fearful of the idea uh, of one candidate or the other. So we have to accept tyranny. We don't have to. We can go to the Uh, debates and stuff that these candidates have and we can call them out on this and we can make them say absolutely what they should be saying we can do that we should not just say oh you know what we have to vote for this person because we have to make sure these guys win no we have to go there and show up and have enough people that we make them apologize make them earn the compassion and forgiveness that we're actually you know we're we're actually commanded to give that to our brothers and sisters but they should earn it And if the candidate in that area doesn't or can't or whatever, then somebody good who really doesn't give a crap about a pitiful MLA salary should run against them and take their job and maybe run as an independent, sit as an
0: independent. Yeah. So we have to accept it. When uh, May comes around and the writ is dropped about the election, I think everyone watching right now should at least try to get out to one event. Right, and and a lot of a lot of people will wait till the um, maybe their uh, constituency will have uh, some sort of a debate or maybe some sort of meeting with, you know, maybe there's three or four in your in your constituency. That's fine if that's what it needs, but get out there early if possible and ask these questions and ask the questions so that when the debate happens, they are better prepared to answer the questions. That you may have posed earlier, right? If you're if you want to know about uh, independence and and how the referendum would go or whatever, ask them early, because by the time you wait until this debate happens, say the week before uh, an election, and you ask them then, they're going to go, I don't know, I, I, uh, 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 and then they then they cower, right? So
1: I saw a you know, comment here. You know, I'm not going to put it up because it's going to block out your face, and that would yeah. be. A travesty of the worst kind. Um, this comment is oh, from John. He says, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Those MLAs are all positioning themselves for their next gold-plated job. Once they're in, they can do and will do whatever they are directed to do. I agree with that statement. However, one thing that we've seen in the last couple of years, however. <laughs> yes, one thing we've seen in the last couple of years, Carrie, is that if you bring enough people, if you show up, you yeah. will win. That's how yeah. democracy works. In this case, uh, did you know that Alberta has recall legislation?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. And as a matter of fact... It's almost uh, unattainable. It's just it's kind, of, it's kind of a joke.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the the, 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 the the numbers and the triggers for doing it?
0: I know. Uh, so here's an example. So there's a, a, basically a petition going around for uh, recalling uh, our Mayor Gondek in Calgary. And you need 40% of all eligible voters within the city to do that. Well, funny that only 37% of all eligible voters voted in the last civic election, of which, according to them, 40% of that number actually voted for Gondek. So let's just round it. Let's say it's 20% of the people voted for Gondek. So you still have to be able to go out and get actual signatures and I believe the other bullshit thing is you need an affidavit. So someone actually has to witness that they've actually signed it, signed it. Yeah, it's actually someone's signature and, you know, uh, commissioner. So it's almost unattainable. Oh, it is it is absolutely unattainable. And I think it has to be done, and I, someone will probably correct me. There's a time period, like 30 days. 30 days or 30 days, like there's no way. And that's the whole reason why, at least with APP, if we do a, a referendum on uh, on independence, they are gathering up uh, those intents, if you want to call it that. Um, the people who have the intent to sign it, they'll create a database of that. They've got your name, phone number, uh, any other contact information, and then when. When that point comes along, that yes, we can actually do a referendum. Great! Now we've got a place to start. Boom, boom, boom. So if we can get say a million signatures or a million possible signatures, we should be able to get six hundred thousand actual signatures within the ninety days, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I so here's what think, I was. Suggesting. Yeah, go ahead. You want to finish that thought? I was just going to say I I actually uh, was corrected today uh, from uh, Dr. Modry because I actually thought that as long as your name was on the list, anybody could go to your house and sign it or witness your s- signature, or maybe you just say, you know, we're gonna be at uh, the uh, Calgary Saddle Dome, come out here on this Saturday and sign it. No, it actually has to go through at Elections Alberta. They will assign people to go out and actually collect the signatures. So again, if they only have say a thousand people, and that's probably a really big number, to go out and collect these signatures you need 600 days at a thousand signatures okay maybe you'd get you'd get a little bit more but either way to get 600,000 signatures within 60 days it's it's almost almost, beyond reach almost almost but
1: guess what that can change if you bring enough people yeah if you get involved in your constituency associations and you bring these things up and you bring it to your mla to go yeah. to the legislature and say we want recall legislation made so that it's actually attainable because we want to fire you guys and girls if you're doing a shit job yeah and you hold them to that yeah we have the power to do those things yeah however we have to be be very cautious with snakes like jason kenney who pretends to give us these things and celebrates oh yay we introduced recall legislation. We held our word. And if you we don't do our job, you can fire us. No, we can't because it's unattainable. Oh, yes, we did this uh, referendum on equalization and we're going to fix this. No, you're not because you have no leverage. Yeah. People just, they celebrated and, oh, yay, the UCP is doing all these things. They didn't do a damn thing. They pretended to do it, but they didn't really do it. But we can change that. Yeah. So that that's the first thing here. Power the, the second people- thing is this comment about vote splitting. What about vote splitting? I'm really worried about that. If your candidate in your CA cannot earn your vote on the merits of their platform and, and and in their campaign, and they can't answer your questions satisfactorily so that you vote for them, but somebody else can, and you vote for them, that is not your fault if the vote is split. That's the shitty candidate in your area's fault. Yeah. And the only way we can fix that problem is if we show up to these debates and stuff and demand that the the candidates that we want to see elected do what we want. yeah, We can influence this. We can change this. We've been seeing it for two years now. Thanks and to likewise, some organizations that, have, that what, have been teaching us about it. Yeah.
0: What I've been telling people is don't worry about the big picture. Don't worry about, oh, I have to vote for the UCP in order for Daniel Smith to get in. Worry about your own constituency. That's the big thing, because that's where you're voting. You're not voting for Danielle or or Rachel or anybody like that. It's all based on the party. So you have to vote in your CA. Get that in your brain and just focus on that. Don't worry about the next neighborhood over that happens to be in a different uh, constituency. Worry about yours. Take a look at that. Go on elections.ab.ca. That's elections.ab.ca. And it will list off where your writing is. You can put in your, your postal code. It'll tell you where you are. And it'll tell you who's signed up right now. And you can take a look. Most most places will only have one or two right now because it's not May 1st. And after May 1st, I'm going to say most places will probably have three, right? And it, and it just kind of depends on, on who that third is. But it it'll probably be mostly NDP, UCP. And then it could be... An independent of some sort, or a AA or you know any of these other parties out there, but then take a look at what the numbers were even in the last election, and that will give you an idea of what the driver is. So if you're in a predominantly UCP, like the number I always say is, let's say there's ten thousand, ten thousand eligible voters, or there's usually thirty somewhat, but let's say there's ten thousand, and you end up uh, in the previous election there was say four thousand for the NDP. Uh, fifteen thousand for the UCP and one thousand for other. There is no way that is going to be split, because even if you divide that fifteen thousand into—did I just hit the microphone? That fifteen thousand into three slices, you're still going to get four thousand for the NDP and five thousand here, five thousand here, five thousand. One of those will win. There is no vote splitting, so don't worry about that. Now the issue might be. If you're in oh I don't know let's say uh, riding in Edmonton where it's fifty fifty on the previous vote and it could be fifty fifty again I wouldn't call that vote splitting but it could definitely be de- detrimental if you end up voting for a different party. I hope that makes sense. I think it makes sense.
1: But again, if you vote for a particular candidate because they're yeah they're earning it they're earning yeah. your respect. Um, mm-hmm. It's not your fault yeah. if one candidate loses over the other. Yeah. It's their fault because they didn't do a good enough job.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. There's, there's a lot of comments. That's good. I did say the independent uh, of some sort. Yes. The independence party. Uh, the only reason I said that is because there are other, uh, while roses actually just sent me, did you get the wild rose email that they're, uh, Looking at different candidates and stuff. Why? I have exactly. So I have no idea what's really happening with them. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Interesting. No, I didn't get that. And yeah. here's what I'll say about the Independence Party. I fully support the idea of Alberta Independence. Um, I think that there's a lot of really good people doing the best they can. They've certainly made some mistakes, damaged themselves, uh, probably past the point of earning much trust in this election. And they've got a lot to learn and a lot of growing to do before they're going to make government. Doesn't mean I don't support them. The reality is in this election, it's going to be a two horse race. However, there's always that said, there's always a however. (laughs) Don't allow this ridiculous notion that you have to vote for one person over the other because you're scared of a third person. Affect your vote. If an independence party candidate it earns your trust and earns your vote. That's who you vote for. If yep. the UCP candidate does, you vote for them. If the NDP candidate does, if they earn your trust, um, pinch yourself, wake up, give your friggin' head a shake, and vote for one of the other two. Yep. It's very, very simple. Um, There's, I, I often see people saying there's a lot of corruption. These, the parties are corrupt. The parties are corrupt. The party system's corrupt. And I take issue with that because a a political party is nothing more than a group of like-minded people who come together for common cause. Mm -hmm. The party itself cannot be corrupt. It's only the sum of its members. And I should say it's the sum of its active and engaged members. So if the membership allows the party to become corrupt, the party become corrupt. And it always will. It doesn't matter if it's the Independence Party or the UCP or the NDP. Yep. Left unchecked, political parties will always become corrupt. Yep. Look at what happened with the UCP. This, we, we had this huge victory, this crushing victory where we crushed the oranges yep. and punted the NDP yep. and elected a government that was grassroots, free of corruption, and always going to be for the people. And what did we do? We went back to our jobs, ignored politics, let them do whatever the hell they wanted, we let the lunatics run the asylum, and then we had the nerve to whine when they became corrupt. That wasn't why, their fault. That's
0: yes. why you need a good opposition, absolutely an active opposition. That's that's the basic core of how democracy should work in government. Otherwise, the insane, the yeah, the insane will run the asylum. You yep. need you need someone in there to checks and balances. You so can't blame
2: politicians.
0: Even if, party, yeah, even if the independence party, yeah, even if the party formed like just three, three people, they would form caucus. They would have access to uh, a lot of the documents that uh, normally yep. normal independent uh, solo uh, MLA would not, and they'd be able to influence and uh, and have some power with whoever is the current majority government. Imagine I mean, what that would be like. It could be. Imagine. When, I know.
1: The UCP, if there was an election right now, would win a minority government. Imagine if the Independence Party and a couple independent MLAs held the balance of power. Yeah. Wow. Right now, if you don't believe it can happen, just ask our friends in BC what it's like living under the Green Party. Because the Green Party holds the balance of power in British Columbia. And so the, the, the minority government has to do what the Green Party wants if they want to get anything done. If the Green Party, if they, uh, if they want, if if the the NDP government wants to do something that the Green Party doesn't like, the Green Party says, "No, we'll just vote with the Liberals. Screw you guys. We're going home." It's hilarious. So no matter how small you are, your voice can always be effective. Yeah, and the Green Party has the worst platform out of any party, except for probably the Communist Party, and then the NDP and a, a, a close third. But it can happen. Yeah. I would love, I would love for some really freedom-minded people to have access to all that information. Can you imagine?
0: Can you imagine? I can imagine. Be like winning the lottery. Yep. Yeah. And I and so, I uh, a lot of that stuff would be made public after that. And then and then the shit show starts.
1: <laughs> here's a here's a good comment. Yeah. Are you there's actually two that I'm going to bring up. The first one is, are you really going to vote for the party that is responsible for giving children myocarditis? I'm sorry, but it is not the political parties that are responsible for children getting myocarditis. Myocardi- it's parents who are sacrificing children to their newly elected gods of doc- of of medicine, which is the government.
0: If, I I if still the- say. I still say the majority of this could have been alleviated by getting rid or at least controlling the uh the narrative that was presented on mainstream media right if the, if course, this wasn't course, on newspapers uh and on uh, billboards and tv radio 24/7 for as long as it was we still have people that I've seen walking around with masks, driving around with masks, and they, and because that's all they, they look at, right? And then there's there's all the misinformation that's still going out as well about, oh, uh, uh, Switzerland said that uh, the, they're not giving the jabs anymore. Uh, yeah, partially. They're just not giving it for the summer. And there's various reasons for that, and they actually list it off in their Switzerland site. So there's all this, all this stuff that probably woulda, coulda, shoulda, in order to uh make it so that parents weren't as overprotective helicopter parents all that sort of stuff and needing needing the jab for the kids and so that they could go hockey and they could go to gymnastics and do whatever else they And make.
1: it sounds cold but in the end these things come down to personal responsibility and personal yeah. accountability for your actions and yeah. your decisions yeah. because we all had access to the same information right and we all could pick the places we got our information from in order to affect our decisions and and in turn the outcomes yeah so it's it's not well, you can't I, just you can't just blame everything on the government
0: and not take any responsibility for it yeah although we did know that in the convoy you know how the government officials were getting their information They were watching it on CBC Global. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll
1: just tell us, you know, that we were using the best information we had. We were trusting the science. It was the only only
0: information we could get because it was the only station that we're allowed to listen to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If your government told you to jump off a cliff, would you do it? So, if your government uh, told you to send your neighbors in rail cars to concentration camps, would you do it? Well, I mean, most
0: people would. We've seen it. I was gonna. I was gonna stand on the soapbox for a second, with my shorts. See, here's my shorts. My soapbox, because we've we've still got Bill C. Uh, what is it? C eleven and C eighteen that uh, that could actually shut down shows like us, uh, and in any independent media. Why? Why yes. would they do that to Why us? Why would they do that? Because they don't want to see me dance around in my shorts.
1: What? Um, We're a small so... fringe minority. Why would they care what we do? Nobody watches our show, do they? We have... I only do this cuz I get to
0: talk to you. <laughs> you can call me anytime. You don't have to just You don't you don't have to just show up on online one night and go, "Yeah, I probably should have talked to Carrie, but uh anyways, maybe he'll be watching." No,
1: but this is yeah. Well, I I wasn't planning on doing a live, and I know you're a busy guy, too.
0: Uh,
1: yeah,
2: no, um,
1: on that note, I, d- I do have a request for everybody. Yeah, so when Carrie and I do these lives, or individually for that matter, uh, please comment, like, and share. Yeah, I don't think I don't actually believe that the government interferes with our Facebook feed, but Facebook does have specific algorithms that will move you up or down in the priorities on which content you, you uh, your you stuff is shown on people's page. Right. Yeah. Uh, that didn't sound right. Yeah. Uh, they move you, your, my content carries content will move up and down in priority on your page. If certain conditions are met, for example, if you're commenting, liking, loving, sharing the content, then Facebook will say, aha, this person really likes the Chris and Kerry show. So when it comes on, we're going to give them a notification or pop up the little live box, right? Yeah. Um, in addition, by sharing our content to your page, we bring more viewers into the room and we reach more people. Hopefully we reach a bunch of people who actually disagree with us, but are going to sit and listen to us ramble on for an hour anyway, because maybe some seed will be planted and maybe someday this will yeah. help change things, right? Yeah. So please, when you watch our stuff, like it, share it, comment, put questions up and, and be engaged in the process. And that will really, really help us to uh, to reach more people. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was I mean, another question uh, about the WEF. The WEF. 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 And we still have some WEF W E F World Economic <laughs> Forum beater shirts at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Actually, Carrie, did you see not, the new shirts that I brought? How are it?
0: they not sold out? Yes, I was going to comment on those shirts. Can you show a picture of the shirts, or maybe show? Uh, uh, can you show it on? Yes,
1: uh, uh, well, I'll just bring it up on my phone, I guess, because it's. I just took a yeah. picture of them today. Yeah. And who made those? Check this out, peeps. Is it going to work?
0: Uh, yes, yes, it does. Small fringe minority club.
1: So that's our new t-shirt available at the Whistle Stop Cafe. I like it. And please come and buy them because holding inventory <laughs> is a killer. And also, when people see you wearing a small fringe minority shirt, it, the majority of people probably fit in the small fringe minority. Yeah. And that means they believe in rights and freedoms.
0: Did I tell you? Um, that- so when
1: people see you wearing that shirt, it's going to make them happy.
0: Did I uh, tell you the little uh, uh, metal emblem that I put on the back of my car? I I have a picture, but I can't find it because I'm not that organized. Um, It says uh, fringe minority edition. Ah, yes. I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Yeah. So get people talking, even at a car show. Oh, where does a fringe minority edition do? Well, yep. it's got a super turbo in it and uh, it doesn't take any shit from the federal government.
1: <laughs> there you go. A super turbo. Wow. That's like a super salad. It's like a
0: supercharger, but not uh, not as chargery.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of hot air to me. Uh,
0: so, question. So, Chris, what happened in court today? <laughs> ah. Sorry. Well. You'll have, we'll have to wait till, you, till we're done and then you'll have to go back and watch it.
1: We Just to recap for beginning. people who missed that part, what yeah. happened in court today was uh, my side, the defense and the prosecution both made submissions as to uh, what parts of certain disclosure are first party disclosure, what parts are third party disclosure. Yeah. Um, they made arguments before the judge and the judge is now going to decide uh, wh- what disclosure is what. And whether or not my lawyers can or whether or not he's going to order the prosecution, Alberta Health Services, the RCMP and the Attorney General's office. I can't remember which yes, the other one yes, was yes,
2: yeah.
1: um, to dig up more disclosure because we want more. There's more stuff that we need to see that was uh, used to make the uh, build the case around me and do the investigation. And we want to know exactly what they did and exactly what the evidence is so that I can properly defend myself in court. So that's what happened. May 9th, we'll have a decision on that and another court date, which is probably not going to be till November.
0: I was going to say, because I've said it a hundred times to people today that were at the courthouse. It is May 9th, but don't go on May 9th because all that's going to be is the conversation with the lawyers and the judge to say what is first and third party. And then after that, they will decide, Okay, now we need time to gather all this stuff. And then we need time to look at all this stuff. And then we need time to share all this stuff and, and talk about it. And then we will finally have a court date. So I'm right. thinking I'm thinking it's like November. Probably. And the,
1: the other thing I said after explaining what happened in court was that it's very troubling that somebody like me or somebody like you or any other person in this province or in this country has no. to spend years in court defending themselves against the government when... They believe that their rights have been infringed on. That's yeah. not fair. We shouldn't have to spend a half a million dollars to protect ourselves from the government because the courts is all we have. Yeah. Um, and that has to change.
0: It really has to change.
1: Yeah.
0: And I do like the idea of the court can only spend as much as the defendant or the prosecution can only defend, spend as much as the defendant can. Of course, then there'll be people that say, I have no money, so you can't spend any money on prosecution. But you know what? If it was a maximum of, say, 10 grand, wow, you would you would actually have cases wrapped up like right away. Would they be good? I don't know. You could argue that fact too. But I think that would definitely make cases go through court faster um, and, uh, and, and, and get through a lot of the backlog that's happening right now. Does Rebels still have that fund available for donations? As a matter of fact, they do. I it's called the Democracy Fund. It. And you can also go to, is it savethecafe.com? And I think that's yes. where it goes towards your uh, your allotment of your legal fees. Savethecafe.com. There you go. Look at that. Mm-hmm. That's where you go. Yeah.
1: So yes, a big uh, shout out to the Democracy Fund um, for supporting me through all this and lots of other people. Uh, there are other organizations that are doing the same and you know what everyone who does this civil liberty stuff they always take shit from a lot of people because you know they just don't agree and they take heat and they do it anyway and they really don't have to do it but they do it because it's the right thing to do so thank you very much to those organizations who are standing up for the people's civil liberties who couldn't do it on their own Um, Stone asked about what about the WEF what do we do about them well it's very simple We no longer allow our government to pursue policy that is based on globalist, woke ideology. That's what we do. The WF has no actual power. What they do have is the ability to influence the way a society thinks. They have the ability to educate people through uh, various um, NGOs that come in and operate or various global initiatives or whatever. And they can actually cause a country like Canada to stop believing that their lives are important and human life is sacred and start believing that human beings are a virus and need to be exterminated. They can influence people and educate them to the point where they believe that we must become net zero carbon dioxide emitters at all costs, even if the cost is 6.5 billion people being removed from the planet.
0: Yeah. And that would be the only way we could be net zero.
1: Yes. And it's not the government that did this. The government does studies, like those who want to become government, they'll do studies and they say, what issues are important to you? And people say, well, I'm very concerned about uh, catastrophic climate change. I think the government should really focus on reducing our climate impact. They do. They literally ask for this. They think say things like, well, I really believe we need to be more inclusive and we should have more um, drag queens and strippers, mostly male strippers, reading books and libraries to children. And the government says, okay, well, if all these people want these things, we don't care if it's right or wrong. We're just going to do it because we know that people will vote for us. And in Alberta... You know what the number one uh, bargaining chip is? Yeah. Us teachers and nurses. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. We want better conditions and we want our unions to be stronger. You are correct. Yeah. We don't care about anything else, really. Just give us better conditions. That was actually, uh, I feel bad saying that. That's an NDP thing. Okay. That's people that vote NDP to better their own opportunities or to protect their jobs probably a lot of them are shitty at their jobs and they need protections of a union because they couldn't hack it in a free market yeah. but that's another conversation but that's what's going on here it's not the the WEF has educated and influenced people to the point where government are pandering to woke policy yeah and we stop them
0: through education. Education and just not not getting involved with them. So if it's a if it's a company that's forcing down WEF type of uh, uh, mandates or whatever, just don't do business with them. And eventually they'll what's the what's the saying? Go woke, go woke, go broke, and then uh, exactly. They just ask mud light. Uh, I was Anheuser Busch. They make Shock Top too, which is actually one of my other go-to beers. But Anheuser Busch and and I, An- An- I Hous- thought
1: they had changed it to and he has a bush. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with the Zohan.
0: <laughs> That's right. And he has a bush. Okay.
1: I I really wish that Alberta was different than other provinces. I wish that. We had the motivation and the drive and the justification to pursue um, educating Albertans as to the benefits and necessity and merits of Alberta independence. Yeah. I also wish that we had an educational society that was actually taking the time to travel around the province and speak to Albertans about things like net zero and our resources mm. and things like that so that we can start to turn the tide on this. Mm. If only we had something like that we mm. could really make some mm. big impacts and we could create a parade for these politicians to get in front of. But alas, we don't. I'm not
0: sure what we could do. <laughs> So speaking of that, of course, tongue-in-cheek, um, APP is looking at doing more of these, uh, we'll call them road shows, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, speaking events and all that. But the little, little letting cat out of the bag, Chris and I have actually been talking about doing something like that as well. What? I that- want to know whether or not you guys think it would be interesting if we came out to a, a town near you and uh, actually talked kind of like this, I guess. I don't know.
1: I can hear your heart beating.
0: <laughs> we probably have a little bit more of an actual show. And uh, we'd bring out one or two special guests to be talking. So it's not just us, because who who really wants to listen to this? Um, and so it's it's one of the things that we're talking about uh, doing this summer and maybe doing it like on a... It would have to be kind of a consistent day, I think, in order for us to schedule something. But there might be like a Monday... Monday or a Tuesday and yeah, it might just be a community hall or if it's uh, maybe it's just someone's backyard. Cause that's all we would be able to fill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Today's oh. meeting will be held at the bus stop. <laughs> inside
0: the bus stop. <laughs> yeah. Inside the bus stop. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's an idea that we're doing, as well as all the the other stuff that we were talking about doing at the whistle-stop drive-ins and uh, musicians and possibly karaoke. There's yeah.
1: so much we want to do.
0: I know. And uh, really sometimes so... it seems overwhelming. We need to work on that cloning machine. I think that was already done. Yeah, probably Wait, what?
1: What? No, they did that because all of the politicians <laughs> and the queen and everybody was all stunt doubles that were cloned and... Yeah, Trump was rounding up an army of white hat people to go and save everybody. What? Yeah, I thought it was done already. (laughs) That's possible. The reason I bring that up is uh, I just wanted to throw this out there. Don't get caught up when people are telling you that someone else is going to come and save you. Do you remember that after the July 6th thing? Don't worry, this is all a show. Trump is doing all these things, and I was like, yeah, people are believing this. And then later on, don't worry, Queen, uh, uh, do a dildo whatever Romano do dildo is the new queen of Canada. She has the army from the United States and she's taken over going to save you all. And people are like, yay, we have Roma dildo's flag and she's the new queen. And I'm watching this like, what work the AF is going on here? No, one's coming to save you. you. You have to get involved, do these things yourself. And I'm not saying you have to become a politician, support people, uh, go door knocking, make phone calls, help, People like Carrie and I, if we want to go around and, and help do this educational stuff, yeah. there's a lot of things that everybody can do. Um, they say many hands make small work. And if you ask Trump, many small hands make small work. No, I don't. Was there something? <laughs> oh, about I'm that?
0: sure there's uh, something in there.
1: <laughs> I can't remember exactly how it went, but you get my point. Um, and, and we can make this stuff happen. Like We really can do stuff if everybody gets involved. Yeah. And it's fun.
0: It's maybe an absolute we'll, riot. Maybe we'll even get a rock band in there. You play you play a couple instruments. I do a, play a couple instruments. What do you play? Guitar and blues harmonica, and I sing as you oh, want. So I could technically do a solo show, but I haven't done one in like years, so I'd have to practice. I'd have to be like Greg Arcade. Greg Arcade when he came out for the Coots fundraiser, he was freaking phenomenal. And he was like, Oh, you know, I haven't played in three years and I'm all rusty and, and no, no. He was out there and he had his drum kit, so he's banging with his with his uh, legs and, and, and tapping with his toes and he's playing multi-instruments, and yeah, he was freaking awesome. So if Tamara you know, was doing that at a, a whistle stop, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I I used to have a stomp box, but I don't have one anymore. Um, but um, just go to gregarcade.com. Kind of like an arcade, like an arcade, Uh, arcade great.com and uh, his music is awesome. Love the guy. Yeah. And he's from Winnipeg, just like me. So, but yeah. Land of the living
1: skies. Oh, that's Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah, we should. Winnipeg uh... is
1: the land of the living skies with mosquitoes.
0: (laughs) All year round. No, Mm -hmm. that's not true.
1: My grandpa once told me he lived in Brandon, Manitoba with my mom when they were just a young family. And he used to always talk about the size of the mosquitoes out there. He said that at one point um, they actually heard a ruckus over yonder and they saw a swarm of these giant mosquitoes going across the prairie at like Mach two, because they were that big and that fast. And by the time they ran over there to see what happened, the mosquitoes had carried the cows away (laughs) and it's true. And I knew it was true. true because he had the evidence to back it up. He had the proof. He had the cowbell from the cow in the house. And he showed me this cowbell. He said, look, it's true. I have the cowbell right here. That's so a the brilliant mosquitoes story in Winnipeg can that's carry great. cows away.
0: I'm sure that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> oh, that's a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, two seasons winter and mosquitoes. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Or or if you're just north Interlake, it's uh winter and well, winter mosquitoes and uh fish flies. If if anybody knows what those are. They're mayflies. They they're, I know they well, just I hate them. I I know they serve a purpose those. but they are and they creepy. stick and then that's it and then they just die and then you you sweep them up yeah. or you drive over them and you hear the crunching oh, of their bodies. Yeah, it's it's ooh. Good. Speaking of that. Crunching so, of bodies? <laughs>
1: yeah. Speaking of crunching of bodies, um, it's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. Uh, no, speaking of crunching of bodies, I, I lived on Vancouver Island from 1995 to 2000, I guess, when I moved to Alberta. Yeah. And during that time, they built the Inland Island Highway, which was a freeway from, uh, well, I think it's Victoria to, I don't know if it ends in Campbell I- River. Anyway, oh, regardless.
0: Okay. Oh, I know. Yeah. They, they built
1: this Inland Island Highway and it I was basically like. through a lot of area that wasn't really touched. Yeah. But what they failed to realize was that this highway was across the a migratory path for frogs. Was it frogs? Oh, oh. shoot. Now I can't remember if it was frogs or land crabs. I'm pretty sure it was frogs. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> Either way what happened the first migratory season these frogs flooded the freeway and got splattered to the point where it created ice-like conditions in the middle <laughs> of summer with oh, frog guts.
0: I shouldn't and be. They lying. had to
1: actually invent some stuff to fix this problem with the frogs migrating. It was, I mean, it was sad that all the frogs got squished, but it was wow, pretty funny in a morbid. But you know, migrating.
0: you gotta you gotta trust the science on that. So they obviously did. They obviously did a lot of research on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Stone. <laughs> I'm
0: not even old. <laughs> that's a lot.
2: Uh,
0: oh yeah, I met Chris's girlfriend. He's a cradle robber. Yeah, she's only like 25 years younger than you. You're fine. Yeah, that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, totally fine.
1: So, uh, what else? Do we got anything else to talk about? Is there anything else know, there's, important?
0: There's a thousand and one things that have happened like every single week.
1: Yeah, and it is very overwhelming. And, uh, sometimes I feel like, as I'm sure you do as well, that, uh, we're f- beating our heads against a wall or fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. And it may be true that we're doing both of those things. And so sometimes as you've probably realized I've done in the last few months, uh, we have to just take a step back and recoup and focus on the things that we can handle and the things that we can do and, and, you know get our heads back on straight and get our lives kind of under control. So if you are like me and you feel like that sometimes and you have to do that, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty about it. We're human beings. And uh, we should be able to take some time and enjoy parts of our lives and spend some time with our families and friends. Um, If we can't do that, really, what's the point, right? And I'm sure my daughters are watching this, or maybe they're not, but if they are watching this, they're probably thinking, what? You never spend any time with us. And it's true. I don't really spend enough time with my kids and I'm going to try to more this summer. So yeah. you might not see me at everything or maybe even that much for that matter, Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean I don't want to do anything or don't want to make change. It just means that I'm not getting any younger and I know that the time that I have left is going to go really quickly. Definitely. So I want to make it count in my own life with my family and the people I love and also do whatever I can to make life better for those around me. So it's a tricky balance. I've never done it before, but I'm doing the best I can, as is Carrie. But um, Carrie does karaoke, and that's a lot of fun. That is a lot so of fun. You need a little break from the monotonous uphill grind. <laughs> Just
0: come visit me. Go yeah. visit
1: him and do karaoke. It's it's the most fun you can have without your pants on.
0: <laughs> or with, with shorts that are, are also like an Alberta T-shirt. Um, yeah, and that's a dockside in uh, Chestermere on Fridays and uh wildcard shack in Airdrie on Saturday. Those are my consistent ones every Friday and Saturday, so you can hunt me down. Uh, but otherwise, there's I'm kind of all over the place, it just depends. We're going to be doing some other events for uh, uh political parties and stuff. So, um, if you want to follow me, it's just karaoke. And I, you know what? I'll put it in here because otherwise people won't know how to spell karaoke. Because
1: what does the what does the B J stand for?
0: No, it's D J. Oh D J. Oh yes, it
1: makes more sense.
0: Oh boy, man, there you go, there you go. So you can follow me on that and see where where I'm doing with disaster. I'm i <laughs> disaster. Even the
1: about. disasters are,
0: <laughs> they're hilarious. Fun. Oh, I love them. They're, yeah, they really are. That's good. <laughs> Uh yes, um. But what I was gonna say is, um, you know, visiting family and, and that. So my daughters, uh, I've mentioned them before, that they're both away in university, and we're gonna try and get together for three or four days, uh, the first week of May in Vancouver. So I'm gonna try and. Uh, fly out there just because it's that way I don't waste the time driving I'll fly out there hang out with my my daughters and then boof they off they go and they do their summer jobs and um, they won't be coming back to Calgary probably for a little while after that so yeah kind of miss them this summer but uh, maybe I can get out and visit them at least one more time during the summer even if it's just for three or four days and uh, yeah yes that's how it works when you're uh, dead
1: <laughs> two things uh one that just came up steve says in toefield a month ago you said either we fight with words or we fight with weapons mm. those words coupled with your easter sundays post have sat with me front and center i guess because i don't see that words are reaching our young planting seeds seems to not have much impact so many distractions especially for the young generation it's hard for mm-hmm. me to stay positive. I'm trying, but man, sometimes I feel like, fuck it. We need wrath. I know that the cost of that would be catastrophic, but man, some, and it continues on. Yeah, man. First of all, my what I said about words or weapons was things only change one of two ways, with or without weapons. Yeah. Like when society goes down a path where people are in really rough shape, they can change things. Uh, with their words and with civil discourse or in the worst of times they change things with bloodshed. That's the reality of human existence. I don't believe we're anywhere close to weapons Yeah. and I don't condone weapons at all. And the reason I say that we're not anywhere close to weapons is because we have only just started trying to do things. We're in the, the beginning stages. Of not just a revolution, but a revival of what being a human being means. So patience is key, and uh, you know these these things do take time. And while these things, while while we're we're working on building a better world, there are going to be things happening around us where people are getting hurt and people are getting killed from their own actions. Yeah, as with we're seeing with the unnecessary medical intervention but at some point you have to be okay with looking away from that and focusing on the solution feeling compassion for those that that are that are being harmed but realizing that you cannot make them walk away from the things that harm them you can't if we focus on the solution we can make a difference If we focus on everything going around us and all the harms and all of that, we will become bitter, hateful, vengeful, wrath-filled, and we will not win. So, you know, as tough as it is, you have to be able to look away from those things. And if you talk to any police officer or firefighter about this kind of thing, they're going to tell you the same thing. If you spend all your time focusing on the horrible crime that's been committed on this victim that's like dismembered or whatever and you don't focus on the solution which is stopping the person from doing it mm-hmm. you're going to have more than one horrible thing to look at yeah. and that's where I'm at with, with that comment so Steve keep your chin up and uh, you know don't don't let the, the the human nature thing take over where we need instant gratification now because we're not going to get it it's going to be a long road
0: and you know I don't even know what you would do? Like, who would you fight? Like, what, and what would be the point right now? Well, right now
1: we're fighting ourselves.
0: Yes. Like like, we're
1: literally fighting the idea within our society that we don't matter. That's what we're fighting. Yeah. Even if we, even if we, okay, let's say hypothetically, all of the politicians were fired from their jobs. They're all thrown in jail yeah, and new people take these positions and they campaign and they're saying, Hey, we want you to elect us because we're going to do better. And yep. the people say, "My biggest priority <laughs> is tackling catastrophic climate change at all costs." And these good people are like, "What? We just fired all these people because they were literally taking us down anti-human? Yeah, uh, get rid of people." Path, you know, that's
0: that's that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen because it's been in people's minds for so long that they they can't get out of it.
1: Yep, exactly. So this is about changing society first and creating that parade so that the government wants to get in front of it because that's what politicians do. Um, I think it's, oh, it's 11 o'clock and I don't have to get up early tomorrow. So I really got to get to bed. But Wendy (laughs) has a very good comment that I would actually like to bring another guest on in the near future, possibly tomorrow or whatever the next day. And I want to talk about this. So Wendy says, Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Federal government wanting to take over natural resources. This should help us become independent. Absolutely. Carrie. have you seen the hullabaloo about this
0: lately? Yes. Yeah, we actually, we talked about that today. And we had uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson's tweet after Danielle Smith talked about it. Basically, I'll I'll read it. We don't have to show it. But Daniel Smith says, I just received word that the federal justice minister may attempt to rescind the 1930 Natural Resources Transfer Agreement with the Prairie Provinces. This would pose an unprecedented risk to national unity. And Alberta condemns this federal threat in the strongest possible. And then um, Dr. Jordan Peterson's reply is reject, rebel, separate if necessary.
1: Love it. Yeah. I want to point something out here. Mm -hmm. There's more to this than meets the eye this is not just the the federal government saying we might have to rescind the 1930s energy uh, resource transfer agreement. This is the federal government saying that because according to Justin Trudeau, we are not meeting our obligations and requirements under UNDRIP fast enough. This is not about the federal government wanting to take our resources. This is about the federal government wanting to take everything in the name of indigenous or the universal deck universal how does that go uh the declaration of indigenous rights of indigenous people yeah yeah that's what this is about this is about undrip so maybe we should have a a conversation with someone maybe maybe we can get leighton to come on maybe jeff rath Uh, they're both pretty versed in this stuff and we should talk about UNDRIP and its implications for what, it, what for the people of Canada, yeah. because that is way way scarier than the federal government simply wanting to take our resources, which is horrible in itself. So, if you are uh, an Indigenous Canadian or Albertan, uh, if you are a if you are any type of Albertan, you should be very very concerned about this. Now, the reason I said if you're an Indigenous Albertan first is because if, if you're in that category, you're about to be used as a mechanism for the United Nations to take over our country. Yeah. Bold statement, I I'm, know, but we're going to come on and we're going to do another show about this and we're going to explain to you exactly why I said that yeah. and we're going to show you that it's true so that you can yeah. stand up for yourself.
0: Yeah. You can also look, there's a, we did an APP webinar with uh, Rand Spottable and probably about a month ago um you can look back on the chris and show.com, or you can go and look under alberta prosperity project under rumble or youtube and and we do talk about what's happening with undrip and um and it was great having rayon iran on because she um she's not indigenous by birth but she lives uh on a reserve and she has kids uh, with her indigenous husband, and um, and they they live this, and they're they're going through all this stuff that uh, um, the government is basically forcing upon them and the band. So interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, and it's going to take a lot longer than we have left. So yes, yeah, um, keep an eye on for that. And remember, when you see us come on with stuff like this, please share the live stream. Share it to your groups. Share it to your page. You know, yep. share it to your Turn it on in your living room and let your cats watch it, whatever. <laughs> Engage in the conversation, like and love and comment and uh, you know help us to get this stuff out to more people. Excellent. Good.
0: I don't have glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could dead have air. glasses. I've got are my reading glasses here somewhere.
1: We're we just gonna do dead air now.
0: No, not dead air oh
1: carrie did you notice my bald ass cat behind me uh norman he's not there now oh
0: no i did not i just want
1: to let you know that norman's doing great and his hair hasn't grown back on his ass yet that is so bizarre it's hilarious (laughs) because that was that was at christmas yeah that was when i was in uh, holland the first time Uh, (laughs) mike says the cat has no opinion you know what i'm starting (laughs) to think that my cat's have more valid opinions than some people these days <laughs> with what it's some of the stuff I'm seeing online. It's just unreal, but we can, we can fix it. Yeah. The same way we got into the situation, drugs and alcohol. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was something else.
0: <laughs> totally something else.
1: Education and
0: compassion. Oh, sure. uh, and speaking of which, oh. <sighs> black rabble
1: hoodies. Oh, that's not the right one. Oh. Thanks. Yes, I have a couple black rebel hoodies at the Whistle Stop Cafe. As a matter of fact, I have uh, I have tons of Whistle Stop t-shirts, uh, tank tops, mostly ladies, coffee cups, stickers, the small fringe minority t-shirts, yes, and uh, how am I going to do this? I want to do a sale on some of my older clothing stock. Uh I'll have to figure it out. I'll figure it out tomorrow. Okay. What kind of a sale I'm going to
0: do? 10% off. And if you drive there, it's 20% off.
1: <laughs> yes. If you fill up with gasoline. Yes, gas prices is going up again for the summer. So, be Oh, sure.
0: man. I saw that. Like, even after April 1st, and, you know, I've had this conversation with a few people, and they were saying, oh, it's going up 14 fourteen cents. No. Chris will probably attest to this. It went from 10.6 to 14 So it really only went up up to 14 cents. To 14 cents, exactly. And but it almost looked like a lot of the uh, gas stations on around here did put it up 14 cents. Like we were sitting at 130, I'm sure, like March 31st. And now they're all 144, 147. uh, I saw 149 today. That's ridiculous.
1: Yes, it is. But I got to mention something here with fuel, fuel prices. Yes. I used to be the kind of guy that would drive by four gas stations to save two pennies a liter. Yes. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I fill up at my gas station nine times out of ten, but the times that I don't, I fill up at businesses who uh, have owners that I like, get along with. Uh, they're, you know, doing have a good business. That's yeah. where I fuel up, and it doesn't matter what the price is, because to put this in perspective, yeah, uh, there are people that will. Drive from Mir to Lacombe or Red Deer or whatever to save two cents a liter on gas, or maybe three or four cents. Four cents a liter of gas on a car with a 70 liter tank. How much money that is? $2.80. It's (laughs) $2.80. Yeah, had to check your math there. It's $2.80. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself is it worth $2.80 to go and support a business outside of your community? Because that's true. Like, is is it worth saving you're right. that? You're right. Because in a community like mine or other small towns that only have one or maybe two fuel stations, if the community doesn't support the fuel station, the fuel station no longer can support the community. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So for the $2 or $1.50 that you're saving on your fuel, you may be shooting yourself in the foot because when you want to go and get fuel for your lawnmower, well, now you're not driving five minutes. Now you're driving a half an hour. That so just true. think about that. And don't be so hard on the fuel stations because they don't make a pile of money on their fuel. We make maybe four or five or six cents, seven cents sometimes are for lucky on our fuel. Nobody's getting rich on that.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway. And then uh, BC at $1.89.
1: Yeah, it's gross. Well, we'll be back. We'll be back up to
0: $1.89.
1: Yeah. The most resource rich province in Canada will be paying. Yeah, close to two bucks a liter for gas. We price. need,
0: we need to build refineries and pipelines, and uh, we need tankers, tankers on the west coast. Is that a controversial subject? Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm Russian, so I'm not allowed to talk about tanks.
0: <laughs> tanks, man. Tanks, yeah. man. Tanks a lot. All right, and with that, it's eleven eleven. Make a wish. I wish I was in bed sleeping. I can't tell you.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for putting up for it with us for one hour, 39 minutes and 23, 24, 25 seconds. That's crazy. Hello, Zach.
0: You. Hey, Zach. How you doing, buddy?
1: Good.
0: Good. Chilling? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Three 379. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Night, everybody. I'm going to go hang out with my son for a little bit, and then I'm going to go to sleep like an old guy. There you go. Speaking of old guys, good night, everybody. Good night, Gary. Thank you. All right, And thank you, everyone. Good night. All right.